Welcome to The Refuge Project. Today, I am your host, just me, James. Uh, unfortunately, David has been sick. Uh, he said he's been sick all week. I texted him. Today's Sunday. It's uh, July 18th, I believe. Yes, yeah, 18th. Um, yeah, I texted David and Caesar um, after church this morning said podcast tonight and david said he's been sick all week and caesar said uh he had something with the youth going on tonight I don't remember doesn't matter anyway the point is they are not available and i know we didn't do one last week and we did one the week before if i'm not mistaken but um i think we missed the week before that summer's just been crazy with everybody being out of town and uh, there was camp. There's just there's just all this all sorts of stuff going on. But anyway, um, so I just decided I took it upon myself. I said, you know, we got to put out some podcast. We keep missing way too many. So um, I'm going to ramble here for a little bit, and maybe it won't be horrible. Might be really bad though. Uh, anyway, we'll see. Yeah, if it's horrible, David, you're you're I'm sure you're listening right now. Uh, we just won't do this. It's not a big deal. Not going to hurt my feelings at all. But maybe it'll be all right, and, you know, we'll get a podcast out. So sorry for all of you out there that, uh, you know, we've miss, been missing weeks here and there. I wish you'd see me right now. I feel very ridiculous. I'm sitting in my in uh, one of my little studio rooms at my house. This is uh, my, my live recording room, I call it. It's got my drums set up. Uh, uh, if I'm recording vocals or something, I usually record stuff in here. And uh, but yeah, I've got my uh, in my Astro van that I have. Oh five Chevy Astro, shout out. Um, haters gonna hate, you know. Um, I took out one of the rows of seats. It's got like two bench seats in there normally, and I took out one of the rows of seats uh, so I could put in a little carpet in a beanbag chair, and it's super comfy whenever you need to chill. Um, but so I just have these other row of seats and uh so i have it sitting in here as like a little couch so i'm just sitting on my car seats in my studio room talking to nobody like a crazy person but uh (laughs) hopefully this will be all right anyway um i don't have any of my buttons since i'm not with david and caesar so i don't have the equipment so i'm not gonna be able to hit play on all these uh sounds but uh, David, maybe you can throw him in for me. Uh, right now, it's time for Culture Corner. Culture Corner. Uh, Culture Corner brought my own story just for me. Just for me, for you. And yes, it's about animals. And everybody can deal with it. Animal stories are interesting. I don't know why they're always hating on me for the animal stories. Anyway, this one's about goldfish. So, turns out, recently, um, a lot of uh, people in Minnesota, they've been uh, finding all these giant goldfish 
in their lakes and ponds. When I say giant, I mean like a foot or two. Before a goldfish, that's pretty massive. Um, the headline of the article says something about them being like football-sized and bigger. And uh, so, yeah, fun fact about goldfish, if you don't know this. Goldfish, they're usually small if you get them at the pet store or something. You have pet goldfish. Uh, they're not very big. Um, they're like a size of like a quarter, and they get a little bigger, but just like a few inches. Um, but they, the, the size of the goldfish is determined by the size of their environment. So if they're in a little fishbowl sitting on your dresser, they, you know, they stay like a couple inches big and that's it. Um, but if you put them in something that was, you know, 10 times the size of that, they will get 10 times bigger. And so you put them in a lake and they, they just, they pretty much get as big as they want. Well, that's, that's overstating it a little bit, but they make, they get like multiple feet, which again, compared to a two inch goldfish, where that's as big as it gets when it's sitting in your dresser, uh, that's pretty massive difference. So anyway, so what happens is people get these goldfish for whatever reason, they end up saying they don't want them anymore and they go and just release them into a lake or a pond that's nearby. Um, but then these goldfish multiply and they get really big and it turns out goldfish just out in the uh, just out in the wild is kind of a problem so the uh, the officials uh in minnesota i don't know whatever these officials would be some wildlife something or another anyway they're uh, they're finding all these goldfish because they're getting complaints from all these people so what will happen is the goldfish when they eat they swim down to the bottom of the lake or pond or whatever, and they rip up plants. They uproot plants, and that's how they eat. So they rip up the plants, and then I guess they eat the roots or whatever. Anyway, so they destroy all the plant life in the uh, in the lakes and stuff, and then uh, and it makes the waters all dirty and murky, where they would have otherwise been clear and pretty looking, because uh, they're just like rustling up the soil on the bottom. So they just cause problems. They destroy all the plant life. And yeah, and that's apparently a thing that's going on in Minnesota right now. They're trying to get rid of all the goldfish in their lake. But what I can't figure out is why do people have all these goldfish that they don't know what to do with? I mean, I had a fish growing up. It wasn't a goldfish. It was a beta fish, I believe is what they're called. There's a little Japanese fighting fish. You know, the ones you hold the mirror in front of it and then they poof up and get all angry. Yeah, that's a weird thing for kids to be doing, to just be, like, taunting fish like that. Anyway, uh, I had one, and he died on me. My, I never had the problem of what do I, where do I put this fish now? Like, he just died. Uh, actually, I think it was my fault. Uh, uh, no, you know what? It, it was definitely my fault. I killed that fish. Yeah. No, I killed that fish because we went on a vacation, and I wanted to make sure he had enough food. We were going to be gone for, like, a week or something, so... I put, <laughs> put just like all the food in the fishbowl, because uh, you know I want to make sure he could eat. Um, it turns out you can't do that, and it messes up like the pH balance in the water or something. And anyway, they die. <sighs> so it wasn't really fun to come home after that vacation. But anyway, the point is my fish died. Like I didn't. I never had the issue of. Where am I going to put this fish? Why are, I don't understand why all these Minnesotans have all these goldfish that they want to return. 
Anyway, that's what's going on in Minnesota. If you go swimming in Minnesota, look out for them goldfish. I'm sipping coffee out of my uh, SpongeBob mug that David got me. Uh, I believe it was a Christmas present. Thanks, David. Shout out. Shout out to Adam, too. He picked it out, apparently. All right, that's enough of that nonsense. Culture Quarter, by yourself. Okay, so for the topic for today, um, I'm going to bring up a, something. I, I feel like I mentioned it when we first started this podcast in some brief something. Um, but I'm going to expand on this phrase today since uh, it's just me and I have nobody else to talk to. Um, anyway, the phrase, this is something that's been, um, uh, it's just been kind of bouncing around in my spirit for several years now. Anyway, the phrase is, there's nothing more convincing than the example of a life. I'll say it again. There's nothing more convincing than the example of a life. So, yeah, as in, you can't really... You can't really argue too much with somebody's experiences and with the way they're living and with their actual actions and the results of those actions. You know, you can kind of argue theoretical stuff with people all day till you're blue in the face. But when when they say like, okay, but this happened to me and this is the result of that, you know, there's there's not too much more to say to that. And uh, we're all setting some kind of example for someone constantly, either consciously or unconsciously. And I know that's stuff you hear. I mean, you hear that in kids' church, you know, like uh, the way you live your life. People should know you're a Christian just by the way you walk in the room and all that kind of stuff. That can turn into like a burden to bear. But it's not supposed to be. It's not supposed to be this thing. It's supposed to be a simple. Uh, you should know if you're doing right because everybody around you will know you're doing right. You know. Anyway, so what kind of examples are you setting, and who's seeing it? You know, if you're if you're married, your spouse is seeing these examples. You got kids. Your kids are seeing them. Uh, I mean, I don't have any kids yet. Thank God. <laughs> it's not a shot at any of you parents out there. Uh, anyway. But yeah, if I had a kid, I mean, they'd be watching everything I did. I'd be setting either a good or a bad example for them. All your friends, they're watching you. You're setting an example for them. Uh, family members, relatives... You know, that, I don't know, that cousin you have that is always talking bad about the church and stuff. You're setting the example for them. <clears throat> your co-workers, your bosses. Who else, man? That guy at Dairy Queen, when you go through the drive through and he sees that little fish... Jesus sticker in your car when you pull up you set an example for them (laughs) all the people all the people uh, 
the customer service people you talk to on the phone. You're setting some kind of example for all these people. Um, let's see. I wrote some sentences down here to try to keep my thoughts straight. So, I, okay, examples of examples in the Bible. Uh, I thought here was a good one. Uh, was it Daniel when he's uh, uh, he's in the king's palace and the king's, you know, ask, telling him he can eat all these foods, all this pork and all this stuff. It's all stuff he says he, you know, he to him he doesn't think he should be eating it for religious reasons and all this other stuff. And the example was, uh, hey, my foods are better than your foods. And then, you know, he makes that agreement with the king where he can, uh, he said, you know, I'll eat uh, my foods for, I don't remember how long it was, 21 days or whatever it was. And then, you know, your people can eat your foods. And at the end of it, you know, we'll see who's who's healthier, who's feeling better and all that stuff. And, I mean, at the end of it, it was obvious. His foods were better. You know, you couldn't really argue with the uh, with that example. Um, let's see, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, they were trying to convince everybody that uh, their God was the true God. And, uh, you know, the king, I know most of you people know these stories, so I'm rushing through them. <clears throat> and excuse me, I had a little bit of a cough earlier this week, too. Um, yeah, so the king threatens to throw them in the furnace if they don't bow down to his God. And they said, no, you know, they're, the point they're trying to make is, no, our God is the true God, and we won't bow down to your fake God. And, uh, you know, the story, they get thrown in there. God saves them. The example was, hey, our God is powerful enough to save us from this fire. And it was obvious. Couldn't argue with the example. Let's see, I wrote down another one. Um... Oh, gosh. Was it Elijah or Elisha? I always get him confused. Anyway, one of those prophets, he's trying to convince all those people that, uh, again, his God's the most powerful, almighty God. And he makes that bet with them where, uh, you know, about if he can make it rain or if their God can make it rain. And, you know, they do all their sacrifices and their rituals and whatever to their God saying make it rain or whatever. And then Elijah calls down fire from heaven. You know, I mean, you can't really argue with the fire from heaven. <laughs> he he was right. His God won. It's a bit extreme, but, uh, you know. He was always doing extreme stuff. What, what's that story where, I think we brought this up the other day, with the, <clears throat> what is it, the she-bear, where, like, those kids make fun of him for being bald or whatever, and then the bear comes out and attacks them? And kills them all. Like, goodness gracious, man. Calm down. That wasn't a very good example, he said. I don't know. The Bible's weird with that one. I don't know why I brought that one up. I think that one was just to kind of show, like, God is holy and he won't be mocked. I don't know, though. Anyway. But, yeah, what examples are we setting? Um, let me get a drink of water for you. <coughs> So I'm just going to give you like personal stuff because that's all I got. Um, recently, uh, I don't mean to share your business, Tara. So if you're listening, 
Sorry. Sorry, not sorry. I don't know. Anyway, Tara came up to me, and she was, uh, uh, we were just, you know, it was like the end of the day or something. I don't think we'd seen each other much that day for whatever reason. And she was, and we are telling each other about our day, and she said something about how, yeah, I'm, uh, I started, a, I read a chapter of uh, James in the Bible, and I'm going to try to, I'm going to really try to make sure I'm regularly reading the Bible, because I don't hardly ever read my Bible, and I really should. And, as, you know, so she's she's telling me all that kind of stuff. And she's telling me, and I've been trying to make a bigger point to read my own Bible for the last, like, I mean, for years now. But it's been, like, an extra, extra focus for the last, uh, I don't know, year or so. And so it's still not quite every day, but it's more days than not. Um, I'm probably around, like, five days a week on average. Some days it's all of them. Or, I mean, some weeks it's all of them. Some weeks I might do only two or three. But more often than not, it's five or six days a week. Which isn't bad, but, you know, I still need to work up to every day. Anyway, but I've been making that a big point. And, you know, we live in the same house, sleep in the same bed, so she sees all that. And so I set that example for her. And she told me when uh, she was telling me, hey, I'm going to make sure I'm read it i'm gonna really you know make that a focus she said that a lot of that was because she's been watching me uh you know stay consistent with that i set that good example and uh she said that's why she's doing it now you know in fact i mean she didn't say this one but i mean the whole reason she comes to our church is because i go to our church and she watched me and said that's desirable i like that I like the example he's setting. I'm going to follow that. And I'm sure it has something to do with, you know, she liked me and wanted to go, you know, the end of the story is we got married. But anyway, so that's a positive example of me being an ex- a good example and having a positive outcome for it. Um, let's see. I wrote down some other ones. <coughs> oh, here's another one. Um, this is funny. Uh, in the, uh, well, we didn't this summertime. We got ripped off. But usually during the summertime at my job, they let us wear T-shirts. Usually we have to wear these horrible black button-ups and a black tie, and it's really hot and uncomfortable. Um, but in the summertime, they usually give us these Gringos T-shirts. And uh, anyway, so you can wear a T-shirt during the summertime, so it's not as hot. It's more comfortable. It's just way better all around. And... Uh, we didn't get to this year for some reason, but anyway, usually we get to do that. And uh, this last time we went through the couple months or whatever it was where they let us wear T-shirts, uh, when I'd show up to work in T-shirts, um, I mean, I've been exercising and uh, working out in some form or another uh, consistently for, I mean, years at this point. So I'm not like this huge dude. I'm not like the most in shape dude, but I'm doing pretty good, all right? and uh so i'm wearing t-shirts at work right and uh when i started wearing t-shirts i just started notice all these different people would just start they just walk up to me and just start talking to me about exercising (laughs) just in one wearing it like a a guy would walk up be like you know hey what's up man how you doing oh doing good that's cool okay and you're like yeah i uh i've been uh, i've been going to the gym lately you know i've been uh yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm getting. I'm doing better. I've been. Uh, I was going. Uh, you know, a couple times a week, but I'm gonna ramp that up to like three times. 
And um, I've been doing these different exercises, and they've been good. Um, but, uh, you know, and they'll just start talking to me about working out. And I'll be like, oh, that's cool, yeah. And they'll, they'll ask me questions, that, you know, completely unsolicited. And that would that was happening to me, like, every, like, at least once or twice a week. I'd go into work, and uh, people would just start talking to me about, yeah, I'm trying to lose some weight. Uh, you know, I'm trying to get a little leaner. But, uh, um, I'm trying to eat better. I don't know. What do you eat? And just like all that. And anyway, so the point of that is I uh, I ended up giving all this like fitness advice and health advice to all these random people. Well, they're not random people. They're all my coworkers and stuff. Uh, actually, some of them were even just uh, guests that would come in and sit at my table. And they would just start talking to me about fitness, you know? <laughs> and uh, it's just because I'm wearing a T-shirt. So you could see... That I w- you could tell more than when I had like a tie on and I got all these, you know, these baggy long sleeve shirts and stuff. And uh, anyway, so people just start asking me stuff, but I was able to uh, positively impact their lives, give them some good advice and encourage them, uh, you know, physically, um, and just tell them my own experiences, just like completely unsolicited. But it was all because I have been setting that example myself for like i said at this point years and been reaping the benefits of it and anyway obviously that's some kind of a metaphor for jesus stuff you know figure it out anyway i wrote down another thing here uh you can change the way people behave around you by the example you set I'll say that again. You could change the way people behave around you by the example you set. So I wrote down some examples of those. Uh, so if I don't want, like, sometimes people talk about, like, your coworkers, you know, telling dirty stories or telling you dirty jokes. And, uh, you know, anytime you talk about, like, being an example to people, that's usually a thing that comes up. You know, so if you don't want, so I wrote down, if I don't want somebody telling me inappropriate things, I don't talk about those things. I'm just that example. You know, so for me, like if I, if I walk up, if a couple of my coworkers are talking at work and I walk up to them and they're talking about something, we'll just say inappropriate, you know, they immediately stop. Whereas if it was, uh, you know, a different person, they might keep going and, you know, tell them about this crazy thing they did at the party the other night and da 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 But everybody knows what I stand for because I set that example every day. So when I walk up to, you know, if they're at the computers ringing in some food, talking about the inappropriate thing, and I walk up to the computer next to them to ring in some food, they stop. They don't tell me about those things. You know, so if I don't want people talking, if there's certain stuff you don't want people talking about, don't talk about those things. Seems pretty self-explanatory, right? If you don't want, uh, if you're a dude, a married dude, and you don't want to, and you want to make sure you're staying out of inappropriate conversations with other females that aren't your wife, don't talk about those things. Right? That's pretty obvious. If I want people to show up on time, I always show up on time. I set the example that I want other people to emulate. If I want to be able to depend on people, I make myself the most dependable person out there. You know? If I want people to love me, 
I love people more than they deserve. That's a good one. Y'all should remember that one. If I don't want to argue with my spouse, I keep my temper in check. And then last I wrote, uh, if I want to know how to live my life in any way, I just need to read my Bible. Because there's every example I could ever need in there, including Jesus, the ultimate example for everything. So yeah, there you go. I think that's probably pretty short, but uh, I don't think it needs to be any longer. I'll just be rambling <coughs> if it goes any longer. So Anyway, thanks for listening. Um, hopefully you can think about some of this stuff and it might be a little useful for somebody out there. Anyway, this is, uh, this is a weird episode of The Refuge Project. <laughs> uh, hopefully it was better than nothing. And, anyway, that's it. Uh, in the words of, as David always says, we love ya!